Hear now the holy gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to John. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Jesus says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. This is the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, because he abides with you, and he will be in you. I will not leave you orphaned. I am coming to you. In a little while, the world will no longer see me, but you will see me because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will know that I am in the Father and you in me and I in you. They who have my commandments and keep them are those who love me. And those who love me will be loved by my Father and I will love them and reveal myself to them. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Lord Jesus, would you reveal yourself to us today? As you promise in these words that if we love you and keep your commandments, you will be near to us. That the Father will send the Spirit and never leave us, never abandon us. But you come and make your home with us and you make us whole. And so open our hearts to receive these words and to respond with love to the love you have shown to us, we pray. Amen. Amen. Before we dive into our sermon today, just want to give one significant announcement related to where we're headed as we get into ordinary time. As you know, we are wrapping up nearing the end of this Easter season with Pentecost Sunday coming very soon and then opening up into June into ordinary time, this long stretch of time in the church year where we focus on growth and our life in Christ. And this year is no different, even though we will be doing so likely for many more weeks to come from a distance, we continue to grow. We continue to press in to our faith. And so one of the things we're going to do at Trinity across all of our locations is beginning on June 7th, while still rooting our Sunday services in our readings from scripture, we're going to reflect on those texts through the lens of a book called Emotionally Healthy Spirituality by a man called Pete Scazzaro. Many of you will know that name, likely will know his book or his podcast. It is a resource that's been an incredible blessing to many of the pastors and staff here at Trinity. And we thought it would be a wonderful way to enter into these summer months together by focusing on the themes of this book and how we see these themes in scripture. And so what we're going to do, there's really a few ways you can engage this. One is you don't really have to do anything other than continue to join us on Sundays and we will reflect on these themes together and see how they're drawn out of the scripture. However, we would also encourage you if you want to go deeper into these themes, either on your own or with a community of others at Trinity, that it's an opportunity for you to do so. And so you can pick up the book, order it online, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality by Pete Scazzaro. And you could read along with us as we preach through these themes in June and July. But also, Pete has developed a course that goes along with this book. And one of the things we're doing that same week, June 7th, that same week, we will be 
starting these courses all across Trinity at all of our locations by a distance, virtually, of course, but still ways to connect and hear how others are receiving this material and responding to it. And so we mentioned that this week. We mention it now to give you some time to process and decide if that's something you'd want to do as well. Either grab a few friends and go through the study together as a group, or you can sign up and be placed into a group with others at Trinity. And so that registration opens this week. You can find more details in our Sunday email or on our our website, but would encourage you in just a few weeks as we get into this to join us and press in as we tend to our life with God in this ordinary time, what we often call the great green growing season. And so let's grow deeper in our walk with the Lord together. We shift now to our sermon text to John 14. As we begin, just, just uh, as kind of a side comment, a word that I've been wrestling with or thinking about uh, for, for really the last decade or so, whenever I've written a sermon, I was thinking about it this week, whenever I've written a sermon, it's almost always been in one of two places, either in my office and the warmth and the quiet solitude of all my books, which is a very kind of special holy place for me, or ironically surrounded by people where I'll go to a coffee shop, but I'll put in headphones and write in a public space. And for me, that's also a form of solitude. And kind of right in those two places, almost every talk I've ever written has been in one of those two. And yet, I have, since quarantine began, not written a single talk in my office in the solitude and the joy of being in that space or in a coffee shop. It's been at home surrounded by my family. And while I've loved being home with my wife and my kids, and we've had such great family time together, it's been really hard to do the things I used to do. Things like writing a sermon and whatever your vocation may be, whatever your life looks like in one way or another, I imagine you can relate to that. The sense in which Whatever your normal rhythm was before, it's likely been shattered. For me, it now means trying to write sermons in a, in a schoolroom with kids now, all three of them homeschooling and trying to get through their day, trying to distract me and tap me on the shoulder and trick me into giving them a math answer without me realizing that that's why they're asking. You know, all sorts of things, whatever it may be. And so just case in point, this week, Every single day this week, I have tried to find a quiet corner of our house to write a, a sermon, to have deep thoughts and to pray and sit with these incredible words from John 14. And at every single pass, that effort has been thwarted. It's been interrupted. And so last night, last night, I, I just gave up. I gave up trying to find that quiet space. I grabbed my notes and after dinner, my kids and I, we all just went and sat on the back porch and I sat with the scriptures open and my kids surrounding me and just accepted and received the moment for what it was. And I'd love to tell you it was like the clouds opened and a light shone down and it was just this transcendent moment of peace and serenity, but it wasn't. It wasn't at all. My kids were really on a money fix last night. It was interesting. And so they're all asking me what jobs they can do around the house so they can get more cash, so they can buy more Legos. They're counting their little pile of coins, trying to decide whose stack is bigger. One of my daughters was cutting a wallet out of pieces of paper and taping it together. I don't know what's with all the money. It was a little concerning, lots of money themes. And yet, 
as I settled into that, rather than trying to keep it at arm's length, as I settled in, I did see little moments of beauty, little moments in which I realized we were connected and my kids and I were in this moment together and I had ears to hear it and a heart to receive our conversations and our time together in a really beautiful way. My daughter out of the blue said, I've decided I'm going to learn French, <laughs> which was, was really fun. Uh, my, my kids and I all had a good laugh as, as our dog chased bluebirds and cardinals around the backyard. My son came and brought a hat that he'd made out of bright green napkins and duct tape, and he taped it all together and put it on his head, and he said, Dad, do I look more like an elf or like Robin Hood? And of course, it was both. He, he looked like an elfish version of Robin Hood, a Robin Hood elf, clearly. And he was very happy about that, that somehow he'd captured both of these in the beauty of this hat. And on and on I could go. In some ways, a very typical evening. And yet I was actually able to press in and be present in that space and in that evening rather than trying to, to keep it at arm's length. I say that because I think last night I saw something of the nature of love, something of the nature of life itself, which is this, that the goodness of life, the beauty of life is so often found when we press in and we learn how to be present in the places we find ourselves. Rather than trying to manipulate certain outcomes, rather than trying to control every detail of our lives, if we in some ways just let go and say, I receive this moment for what it is, there's grace there. And there's something beautiful about finding God and finding those we love in those moments. Because if you're anything like me, that's a, a really hard thing to do in general, but it's a very hard thing to do over the last few weeks. I feel as though this kind of like brain fog has, has settled in and won't, li- won't lift. It's like it won't go away. And every passing day, I feel a little more weary. I kind of feel sad for no real reason, just, just this kind of heaviness that settles in. And so what I often find myself doing is, is thinking fondly about the before times, the way things used to be. And yet here's what's really interesting. Three months ago, six months ago, I never thought of those as the good old days. I never thought of those as dreamy times in which I would long to return. Not at all. It was some other point. It was another point in my past that was even better or, or that I longed to go back to. And there's something about that for us. We, we kind of get stuck where we're either dreaming about the past or longing for the future, and we miss what's happening right in front of us. St. Therese beautifully said years and years ago, she said, we yield to discouragement when we give too much thought to the past or to the future. And so if you find yourself yielding to discouragement, if you would say, I just feel discouraged more often than not, Check yourself and ask, how much thought am I giving to the past or to the future? And how could we instead find the goodness of life, find how to be faithful in the moment we actually find ourselves in? Because this moment right here and right now, it's the only moment we have. It's the life we've been given. None of us raised a hand and opted into a global pandemic. No one said, let's try that on and see how that goes. That could be different. No, that's ridiculous. And yet this is where we find ourselves. And there's nothing you or I can do to snap our fingers and make it otherwise. 
We can't do anything. Likely for months and months, we sit here in some ways helpless saying, this is the life we have. It may not be the way we wish things were, but these are the moments that we find ourselves in. And so what do we do? What kind of person will you and I be today? Not who were you four months ago? Not who are you convinced you will be six months from now or a year from now when we're through this mess? But who are you? Who am I right now? And significantly for our life with God, our spiritual lives, who am I right now? Not what did my life with God look like six months ago? Not what will my devotion and spiritual journey look like in a few years once I kind of recover from this, but what does your life with God look like this very morning? I think this is really significant. How are you and I showing our love for God to be genuine? As Jesus reminds us in John 14, how are we keeping the commands of God as a sign of our love for him this very moment in the present, not in spite of it, but in this present moment? Jesus says very simply, very clearly, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I think for many years, I struggled to see how those two things go together, that keeping his commandments and love are so closely linked. Because I always thought keeping his commandments was tied to some divine legal system. It's some kind of justice system where God was always wrathful and hateful towards me. And if I didn't keep his commandments, it's like the timer was ticking down on his anger. And when I kept them, it's like it reset it. It wound it back up for a few minutes and bought me a little more time. And yet if I strayed off the path, that timer kept on ticking and his wrath was sure to come. And somehow I entirely missed his heart of love, his heart of goodness and compassion towards me towards my family, towards those I love, towards the whole world. And so I I was confused when I read passages like John 14, especially when Jesus starts talking about the Holy Spirit, because I grew up in the charismatic church and I saw many unfortunate abuses and extremes in that tradition. And so for me, I kind of always kept the Holy Spirit at arm's length. I knew the Trinity was a pretty important part of Christian belief. And so I couldn't just outright dismiss the Holy Spirit. But I tried to avoid him as much as I possibly could because that's where all the weird stuff happened. And that's where all the weird people were. And so I didn't really want anything to do with the Holy Spirit. And yet when I sit here and see these words with fresh eyes and I believe by God's grace a more tender and compassionate heart, I see that this is a story about love. It's a story of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit together in perfect union, reaching out towards us in love, longing for us to come and encounter and taste that love. And God's saying, this is what you were made for. This is what it means to be a human being. This is what we at the core of our belief say about God as Trinity, that Father, Son, and Spirit is a perfect communion of love that invites us into that communion, into that dance of love. And so the Father sends the Son in love. The Father sends the Spirit so that we are never abandoned, never left alone. 
And it's not like Jesus, this is, this is the heart of the incarnation. It's not like Jesus beams down like an alien, stays for a few years and then beams back up. No, the heart of the incarnation is that God has taken humanity into himself and can never be separated from those he loves. And the father promises to give us the spirit so that we know that that's true. The spirit's not just for those who are into this sort of thing, like I always thought growing up. No, the Holy Spirit is God's promise that his love will forever be with us. And there's nothing that we can do to change that fact that God gives himself and will always be turned offering love more and more and more. What we then have to do, the only thing we have to do is receive it with love and learn what it means to love him in response. This is good news, not just for good times. This is good news in all times. And yet sometimes I think we think this is only for those moments when life seems to make sense and we've got it all mapped out when everything fits just the way it's supposed to, when we feel confident, we feel fit, we feel happy, we feel financially stable. This is for moments like the one we're in today, maybe even especially for moments like these when Jesus says, I am in my father and you in me and I in you. Those are words we need to hear this very day. And so what do we then do? Well, we have to learn to respond in love. Verse 21, Jesus clearly says, they who have my commandments and keep them are those who love me. And those who love me will be loved by my father and I will love them and reveal myself to them. So somehow, according to Jesus, keeping his commandments, you and I learning to love him is tied up so closely with him revealing himself to us. It's not like we twist his arm and manipulate him. And if we do a few things, he just appears like a genie in a bottle. No, but in some way, our ability to see what is always true, to see his posture of love towards us is tied to our faithfulness, to our keeping of his commands, to learning to abide in the comfort of the Holy Spirit. Not as the weird member of the Trinity, but as the one who brings hope and comfort in times of peace and in times of confusion. We have to learn to love God. This is all about love. And so as we wrap up, let's, let's talk for a minute about love because I think our culture, if we step back and, and just think for a minute, our culture is obsessed with love. It's all we can talk about in our movies, in our music, in our poetry, in our novels. It's all about love. It's, you could all boil it down to this longing to be loved and love in return. And that's in many ways what we see in Scripture though our own biases, our own wounds and experiences in church sometimes make it hard to see this. At its most basic, scripture is a love story. The very beginnings of scripture begin in an intimate garden with humanity being born out of love and living in perfect intimate union with one another and with God. The Bible ends with a wedding feast, with the union of heaven and earth 
And it speaks of it like a marriage, like an intimate love story. The very heart of the Bible has an entire book of love songs, an entire book of ancient Hebrew love poetry that is sensual and intimate and passionate and in some way is meant to turn us and turn our hearts and our lives towards Christ and his church and to say that is the kind of passionate love that God has for us and we are meant to have for him. Think about the most famous verse in the Bible. God so loved the world that he gave his son. And that never changes. It never fades. The entire story of scripture is God's relentless love for us. And yet where it does change, where it is heartbreaking and complex and sorrowful, where we feel the pain of this story, is when we fail to love in response, when we fail to keep his commandments, we don't know how to love God. And so, Really, that's the heart of what I want us to hear today and sit with. What does it mean for us to love God? What does it mean for us to respond to the love that we have received? And here's a a thing to sit with today as we wrap up. Here's something to sit with. We're often told love is a feeling, that love is an emotion, and yet love is also a desire that leads to a certain way of living. If we love God, if we say we love God, our lives in some way will reflect that love by the actions that we take, by the decisions that we make. And this isn't just true of our love for God. This is true for the way in which we relate to all people. If I say I love my spouse, if I say I love my parents, if I love my friends, and yet I never spend time with them, never get to know them, never learn to love the things that they love and enter into those things, then all of my profession of love is empty and it's hollow and they receive it as hollow. If I say to my children, I love you so much, and yet my constant posture towards my kids is one of of harshness, of bitterness, of impatience, and that's all they receive from me through my actions, then whatever I say to my kids, what they know in their heart, what they know in their gut is quite different. And so I can say, I love you till till the cows come home. And yet they don't know what it feels like to be loved. Because my words and my actions are not in alignment. There's not that integration There's not the the faithful congruity that we long for in our spiritual journeys. And so I think part of learning to love God, part of learning to love the people in our lives is by seeking that integration of the words we say and the things that we do. As theologians have often said, it's you and I learning to become by grace what Christ is by nature. Becoming by grace what Christ is by nature. I believe that is what Jesus wants for us today. He says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. How do we do this? By the abiding presence of his spirit that will never leave us, never abandon us. I think of similar words from 1 John 5, and we'll close with these. 1 John 5, 2 to 3, this is how we know that we love the children of God 
by loving God and carrying out his commands. In fact, this is love for God, to keep his commands. And then it ends so beautifully with this line, and his commands are not burdensome. His commands are not burdensome. My friends, there are so many things right now that are burdensome. There are so many things in our lives that make us feel weary and exhausted. And if you heard nothing else today, please hear this. The commands of God are not one of them. The commands of God are not a burden to you, but they are meant to be a source of freedom. They're meant to be a journey that makes you become fully alive. It's a path of transformation by which you become fully human. You live life as as it's meant to be lived, as God intended it to be lived. And so the commands of God, the integration of the things we say and the things we do as a response of love is the path to becoming truly human. Hear that today. Do not fall prey to idealizing the past. Do not romanticize the future. Resist the temptation to escape from your present reality, whatever it may be for you. I told you a bit of what my temptation is there, but you have your own temptations, but we share that temptation to escape and to keep it at arm's length and say, I'm just gonna think fondly of the past or dream of the future. No, encounter God in this moment. God is open-armed, longing for us to respond to his love right here and right now. It's what he invites us into. And so simply today, follow, follow him, follow him into that love and learn what it means to be filled with the fire of God, to become fully and truly human. This very day, this very moment, this very breath that you take, breathe in the life of God and breathe out praise and thanksgiving. Would you pray with me? Lord Jesus, we thank you that you love us, that you reveal to us the perfect love of the Trinity the Father who sins in love, the Spirit who abides with us, never leaving us, never abandoning us, but making us able to encounter the perfect love of God in every moment of every day. And so, Father, whatever we face today, whether it feels small and inconsequential or whether it feels like an impossible burden, Meet us in that moment and teach us to be faithful. Help us to respond with love by keeping your commandments and following you as you lead day in and day out, we pray through Christ our Lord. Amen. We continue in prayer and pray the prayer our Lord Jesus taught us, boldly saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. God bless you this week. May the Lord be with you in every way. May you receive and encounter his love and respond 
with love by keeping his commandments with great joy day in and day out. As we close, we sing together now our closing song. Let us go in peace to love and serve the Lord. Thanks be to God.